This is the weekly sales meeting for April 16th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic is the two guarantees on every sales call. A sale is made on every interaction. Whether we want to admit it or not, someone makes a sale. Either you sell something or your prospect or customer sells you on why they don't need your offer. Much of that stems from the sales call being adversarial from the start. You are viewed as another vendor, an interruption, not as a partner or an advisor. It is the difference between transactional sellers and relationship sellers. The transactional seller is reliant upon the declared needs of the customer. The relationship seller can help the customer declare their needs. This is done through the discovery conversation. The relationship seller has a clear advantage in the someone is going to get sold exchange. Their odds go up. The transactional seller is more likely to get told no as the need is not declared. So the outcome is almost assured. Think about it from a simplistic view of the world. You walk into your local retail store. The minute you walk in, someone greets you with the familiar, hi, can I help you? And then you go into an immediate dodge mode and respond in an almost Pavlovian way. You say, no thanks, I'm just looking. And you say that regardless of whether you need help or not. You deflect and you sell the deflection as if you were carrying a silver bullet and garlic to dispel the evil salesperson. What you did do is sell your lack of engagement. You did so in hopes that the clerk would retreat and leave you alone. The clerk did not succeed in engaging you in conversation. You won the engagement and sold your ability to browse and engage at your leisure. But a sale was made by you, and you are now free to go about your business. The same happens to us on every sales call. Either we will be successful in creating value for our customers, or they will be successful in sending us away with nothing. Or worse, they send us away with a maybe. Indian author and motivational speaker Shiv Kira describes selling like this. He says 90% of selling is conviction and 10% is persuasion. Some of our clients are great at it. They are great at persuading us that they do not need what we are presenting. It is not failure, but rather a learning experience in how not to break through with somebody. Most enter each sales transaction from their own point of view. As sellers, we are selfish. We enter the conversation thinking about making the sale rather than thinking about how we can convey the value and what we are presenting to our prospect. The value is in the hands of the buyer, although they do not control the interaction unless we let them. Daniel H. Pink is an author who has made it on the New York Times bestsellers list five times. He rose to fame as the chief speechwriter for then-Vice President Al Gore. He says selling is helping people to do what they are already inclined to do. This is our challenge on every sales call, to uncover what the real need is and present our product as a solution to the need, if applicable. Often, we don't have the patience to wait. We don't ask questions and listen. We jump right into the selling mode. We end up sounding like the late Vince Offer, the ShamWow infomercial pitchman. And then we are surprised when the sales call ends with no sale. People do not want to be sold, but they love to buy. Find out what it is they want to buy and then present your offering in those terms. You are not selling your product. You are selling the results of what your product can do. You are selling the promise of a new day. You are selling the benefit of doing business with you. Stop being the infomercial pitch man or pitch woman. It is cliche. Both master salesman Zig Ziglar and Gene Simmons of KISS believe in the same thing, although they may have slight variations on how to execute the game plan. Gene Simmons says if someone likes you, they'll buy what you're selling, whether or not they need it. It is unclear if he says that with or without makeup. While Zig Ziglar talks about liking trust, 
He says if people like you, they'll listen to you, but if they trust you, they'll do business with you. This is our challenge in every sales encounter. How can we get someone to like us and trust us in under 15 minutes? That's a big challenge. Most people are not that trusting. I know I'm not, yet the easiest way to build trust and likability in a short period of time is to shift the focus from you to your conversation partner. When you focus your interest and attention on the other person, their engagement level goes up. After all, we are all stars in our own opera. We love to sing about me, 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 me. This execution comes down to trusting in ourselves. Do we trust our own ability? Do we believe in what we are selling? Do we believe that what we are selling can do what we say it can do? Can it solve the problem presented? How will it do this? Do we know? Amy Cuddy is a social psychologist, author, and professional speaker. Her work focuses on stereotypes and understanding the way people and groups of people behave. She claims you have to buy what you are selling. If you don't buy what you're selling, nobody will. It is a confidence level of expertise that people plug into and want to be around. Timid sellers never gain this level of likability and trust, but the confident seller is the one that appears to be able to handle any issue that comes their way. The one who creates this buy-in from the very first conversation. You know yourself the difference between a basic salesperson and a believer. The believer is likable as it is infectious, and it transfers to the buyer as long as we have the social proof to back it up. Selling is the transfer of confidence and emotion. It is that conveyance that our product or service can solve the customer's problem, and then the customer can understand and internalize the projected outcome. This is what creates the emotional bond to the outcome. That is our job. We fail to make this happen when we fail to treat the customer as a person. We fail to uncover their business hopes and dreams. We fail to help them become a reality. But if we tap into these base elements, we can get the customer involved in the emotion of the sale. Then the result is a net positive for both parties. Sales trainer and author Jeffrey Gittimer says selling is a natural skill. It is developed as a child. You may know it as persuasion. Six-year-olds have mastered this skill. Later in our teens and twenties, this skill and the confidence in this skill get whittled down, eroded through negative self-talk and the reality of the probabilities of success. We have to build it back up as we grow our sales franchise and grow as a person. The probability of success in outside sales is something that could get us down. When taken as a whole, the entire sales profession has a closing rate of 10%. That means we fail 9 out of 10 times. That is the average. With those odds in mind, we have two choices. One is to curl up in the fetal position and wait for someone to put us out of our misery. Or two, which is to make sure we have a well full of prospects to continue to search for customers. The successful sellers choose door number two. Matthew Hussey is a British-born life coach, author, and YouTube personality. His ironic claim to fame is being the world's foremost authority on dating advice for women. I'm not sure how he became an expert on that subject, given that he's a man, but one of his principles is not dwelling on the losses, which is great advice for salespeople. He says if you're in business and you make a sales call and that lead doesn't buy from you, you don't sit there all day mourning the loss of the lead. You go out there and make 10 more sales calls. His advice for dating is about the same. So should our practice for sales calls. We are all selling something, whether it be as a professional or otherwise. The author Robert Louis Stevenson wrote, Everyone lives by selling something, and sometimes that is selling others on why they don't want whatever it is they are selling. There are a good many people who don't want to be in the sales profession. They view it as somehow dirty or disingenuous. And there are some that give the job that stigma. But it does not have to be that way for you. 
Operate in a world of honesty and integrity. You do this and you will never have that problem. Make doing the right thing for yourself, your company, and your customers the benchmark for your sales franchise, and you will be fine. Your life will be in order. Selling is a noble profession when practiced with integrity. Honesty will keep you from having to remember all the corners you cut. Some do that, but my memory skills are not that good. Know that it will happen. On every sales call, a sale will be made. Either you will sell something or you will buy the reason. That is it. It is a zero-sum game. There is a winner. That does not mean you are the loser, but it does mean there are no points for second place. To avoid the constant stream of rejections, be better prepared. Do your homework on your customer, the industry, their current situation, and what you can do to help. Prepare your questions. Deviate from the rote scripts and personalize your line of questioning. Use what you have learned in your research on the company or the person. Weave that into your sales conversation. Practice this skill. It is the fine art of interviewing your customer. I treat it as a show. I bring a microphone and a recording device. I have one that plugs into my iPhone. I tell them what I'm doing. After all, I'm still in show business. One might argue the person walking behind the elephant is also in show business, but I treat it as the important event that it is. Then I start with certainty. I want my customers to know I listen to their concerns and that I am here to help. I summarize my understanding of their issue. I let them know I have seen this before and I am prepared to assist. I have a plan. The question then is who has the better plan? Is my plan for their success better than the one they have concocted for themselves? This gets me out of the zero-sum game. It shows we are both on the same side. We are allies, not adversaries. We are approaching the problem as a team. We are working in partnership. So I am not a vendor, but a trusted advisor. As we know, there are two options for every sales call. Either you sell something or you are sold on why not. When you are partners, you will arrive at that decision together. More often than not, you will both be on the winning team. My book, Yes, I'm a Salesman, You Can Be Too, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order.